and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. My dear brothers and sisters, we are coming to the end of the liturgical year, and so the Church presents to us these readings which refer to the end times, the coming of Jesus, the judgment. And Jesus says here this parable, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. When our Lord and God is speaking in this way, I think it's something we should truly perk up and pay attention and say, how's the kingdom of heaven going to be? What is it the Lord wants to tell me with this parable? Because these ten virgins aren't just ten people at random. No, they represent the world. The Lord is speaking to all of us and saying, here's the possibilities. There are ten virgins. They take their lamps. They go out to meet the bridegroom. That's Jesus, the one who is coming to redeem us, to save us, to give us new life. And all of them have received the message. They know he's coming, so the world is aware of this reality. And yet, some don't know how long it's going to take, and so they prepare themselves wisely. He says, ten of them were foolish, or five of them were foolish, and five were wise. And the wise ones recognize that he may delay in his coming, and so they prepare with extra oil so that they're ready at the time of his coming. And the foolish ones are unconcerned about that. It's as if they know he's coming, but they don't care. They don't prepare. And thus, they fall asleep. They all fell asleep. But the ones who had prepared and were ready, when they awake because the bridegroom is coming, their lamps will be lit. And those who are not, when they come back and knock on the door, open, because the door is locked. I do not know you. Stay awake, for you know not the day nor the hour. This is a message to the world from our God, saying, I've come to give you everything. I've, I've come to save you from your sins and to give you new life. And now it's up to you to respond to that by preparing the way for my coming again, by being ready for me. And so I think it's something we should ask ourselves regularly. Do I have enough oil in my lamp? Do I have extra oil that I will need the more the Lord delays his coming? Am I filling that extra oil through acts of love, through charity, through prayer, through the sacraments, through God's mercy? constantly seeking to keep myself one with the Lord? Or have I let my oil drain and I've lost my vertical perspective and I just live on a horizontal plane like these five foolish virgins? They were caught up in what was around them in the moment but did not keep their eyes fixed on what was to come. Our world is very much like this today. We see it all around us. We see it in our own country. We see it in the world at large. This loss of sight of something greater, and so the world lives on this horizontal plane, just seeing the immediate joys or pleasures or things that are going to satisfy their belly or their pocket at this moment, and lose sight of that which truly satisfies and which should be our motive, our life motif, what gives purpose and meaning and drive to what we do.
To keep our eyes fixed on Jesus means to understand who I am and where I'm going. To recognize my own sinfulness. Because the person who doesn't recognize their own sinfulness in presumption is lost. And the foolish virgins were like that. They took their eyes off the goal. St. Paul, in the second reading today, reminds us what that is. He says, brothers and sisters, are you unaware? Are you unaware? That's what the foolish virgins were, unaware. We believe that Jesus died and rose, he said. And so too will God, through Jesus, bring with him those who have fallen asleep. We are looking forward to, with hope, in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That as he said, I am going before you to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you also may be. And so the Christian in the world should never give in to despair or discouragement or sadness. What did St. Teresa of Avila say? It sounds better in Spanish, but basically the translation in English is a saint that is sad is a sad saint. The play on words is better in Spanish. But you get it, right? I mean, a person that lives discouraged and down and downhearted and negative and everything is bad and, and, and doesn't see that Christ has the victory, well, that's a sad saint. That's not a, God wants us to rejoice, St. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. That means in the good times and in the bad ones, in the easy moments when everything seems going our way, and in the moments when everything seems it's going the opposite way, in the confusion of the world, in the moral degradation. You know, Jesus himself was born in the height of the Roman Empire. No, there was peace throughout the world, and what it says in the scriptures when he came, peace reigned, because the Prince of Peace was coming. But then again, wars and Rome, which was a great empire, fell first because it fell by losing its moral compass. Its great power was nothing once its people degraded themselves through immorality and thus fell apart. Our world is very much like that today. Our own country, we can see so much moral degradation, abortion, euthanasia, discrimination, hatred, fights, all this kind of stuff. It's a sad reality. But in the midst of it all, we are to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who died and rose. He has conquered. He has conquered sin. He has conquered death. He has conquered the world. So be not afraid. I am with you. And so the Christian, in the midst of it all, should live with joy and take up your cross and follow me. You know, it's like St. Lawrence. There was a happy saint, even when he was being burnt on the grill, right? They put a, a steel grill out and laid him on it over the fire. And the legend says that at one point he said to his persecutors, I think I'm done on this side, turn me over. Now, even in the midst of his death, suffering martyrdom, he had a sense of humor. Why? Because he had his eyes fixed on that vertical reality that the Lord our God has won the victory through his son Jesus Christ 
And as Christians, we give ourselves to him. So we are in the world, but not of the world. And Christians throughout the world, whether it's whatever type of government there might be, whatever type of dictatorship or whatever type of situation they might be in, poverty or riches, whatever, the Christian should always live with that confidence, that faith, that understanding, that knowledge that I have my eyes fixed on the bridegroom. I'm awaiting his coming, and I'm preparing for that coming by the way I live my life, through the sacraments, through prayer, and through, above all, the commandments that he gave us. Love God above all things, and love one another as I have loved you. One act of charity wipes away a multitude of sins. That's the scriptures. That's not me saying that. And so I invite you, and I invite myself, let's keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. The first reading from Wisdom spoke of wisdom which we should seek. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. He is that wisdom. And so if we fill our hearts with him and keep our eyes fixed on him and walk towards him, no matter what is happening around us at this level, horizontally, the Christian is meant to be the soul within the world, the body, because we are in it, but not of it. And we seek to be that light of Christ for the nations, as last week's reading said. Sorry, as the reading on, I believe it was Wednesday morning, we are called to be a light in the midst of a perverse generation. Because we have that assurity, that confidence, that hope in Jesus, Jesus Christ. We believe that he has died and has risen from the dead and that we too shall rise with him. So let nothing disturb thee, nothing affright thee, St. Teresa said. Be not discouraged. Go forward with joy, with hope. Seek to please the Lord. Judge not one another, but rather be merciful and giving. Glorify God in your life, and at the end, be ready. And you'll only be ready at the end if you strive to live ready today. I think it's a question we should ask ourselves every morning when we get up. This should be how we start our day. If the Lord comes today for the end of the world, am I ready? And not just for the end of the world. If the Lord comes today for me because it's my time, am I ready? Because he will come sooner or later. It will be each of our turn. I often say this in funerals when I have a casket right there. And I say, now it's George. Tomorrow it could be me. Am I ready to meet my maker? That's what this parable is about. Am I one of the foolish or one of the wise? Do I keep my eyes fixed on the goal and prepare myself along the way so that when he comes, my lamp is lit and I can go into the wedding feast? Or am I lost sight of that and living just horizontally disturbed or whatever by what's around me without putting my faith and my confidence, my trust in the Lord? Now, more than ever, is a time to make sure we add oil to our lamps. Now is a time more than ever that we make sure that we are vigilant and awake and awaiting his coming. 
Now, I think, is the time more than ever that we should look up, not down. That we should rejoice in his victory. And that we should thank him for the gift of his grace, his love, and his mercy. And that we should stay awake. Because you know neither the day nor the hour. Be ready. Ask yourself every morning, am I ready to receive, be received by him and to receive him today in my heart, in my life? Am I ready for his coming for me? And then live my day according to that answer. Because if I'm ready, it doesn't matter when he comes, here I am, Lord. And if I'm not, well then, I better start getting nervous. Because the door will be locked, and he will say, I do not know you. Are you ready? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.